0: I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. What a joy to be with you in person and with those of you who are joining us online on our live stream this morning. After months of preaching to a little green dot on a computer screen or to cameras in an empty church, It is so, so nice to be able to see your faces this morning. Towards the end of our gospel story this morning, Jesus commands his followers to bear witness to the work of God in the world. And what better way, and what a wonderful way, to do so by gathering and worshiping here together. I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be a witness to God's work in the world and to the repentance and the forgiveness of sins mentioned in this story. And I'm sure there's a number of ways to do this, to bear witness to God. But I received a letter this past week, a fundraising letter of all things, people asking me for money, kind of like we do at the church here sometimes. But the letter described the life and work of Johann Sebastian Bach. I learned that in addition to being regarded as one of the greatest composers to have ever lived, Bach experienced a fair amount of tragedy in his life. Both his parents died when he was just a child. His first wife died suddenly while he was away on a business trip, and a number of his children did not survive infancy. And yet, despite all the loss that Bach experienced, he was also a deeply faithful man, and he used his music as an expression of his religious convictions. At the end of almost all his compositions, he inscribed the letters S, D, G. Soli Dio Gloria. To God alone the glory. Bach used his music to glorify God, to preach the gospel, to bear witness to God's presence. Our gospel lesson for this morning presents us with a twofold agenda. One, to enlighten the disciples about Jesus, the Christ, in the midst of their confusion and fear, and two, to commission them to go out into the world and to bear witness to the work of God, to preach the gospel, if you will. Now, you probably noticed that in the first half of this morning's story, it keeps coming back to Jesus' physical body, Jesus tells his disciples to touch and see that he has flesh and bones. He instructs them to look at his hands and feet multiple times, perhaps to show them the wounds and the scars from the crucifixion. And last but not least, he asks them for something to eat. And I've always loved that part of this story. Jesus comes back from the dead and more or less says, hey, guys, I'm back. What's for breakfast? And while it might seem a little peculiar that one of the first things that Jesus does when he comes back to his disciples is to ask for food, there is significance to this. The verses directly before this passage describe Jesus's encounter with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And you might recall that it's only when Jesus takes, blesses, and breaks bread with the two that they recognize Jesus in their midst. Similarly, in the story this morning, Jesus is revealed to his disciples, or he reveals who he is when he welcomes their hospitality and he eats in their midst. There's something to pay attention to in all of this. Christ's presence and revelation is made known in the breaking of bread in community and when hospitality is shown to strangers. Every time we sit down at table with others, every time we gather here at this table to partake in the Holy Eucharist, we are to remember Christ's presence among us in God's work of creating community-based community based In hospitality in addition to christ's presence being known in the breaking of bread the focus on the new reality of jesus's body helps the disciples move past the terror they experience when they think they're seeing a ghost now fear of those returned from the dead was a real thing in ancient cultures and the disciples were probably freaking out when they saw jesus they thought they were seeing a ghost for pete's sake but inviting the disciples to touch and see that it is really him and eating fish in their presence they see that he is real not a ghost not some heavenly spirit and in doing so jesus encourages the disciples to move beyond the confusion and fear That was holding them captive. Fear can be crippling. When it takes hold, it can shut us off from the people around us and the needs of those around us. It can prevent us from recognizing God's work and God's presence around us. There is a question lurking in this story for us as modern listeners to ponder. How are we to be set free from the fears that hold us captive so that we may bear proper witness to God's work of resurrection in our lives. It's difficult to be receptive to God's life-giving work if we are constantly trapped in fear. Notice in our lesson today, it's only after Jesus mitigates the disciples' fear that their minds are opened and they can engage in scripture study. And Jesus opens the disciples' minds to the work that God has been doing all along. From the beginning of his gospel, the author of Luke tells us that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's plan for redemption for all of creation. In our lesson this morning, it all comes full circle. In appearing to his disciples, Jesus demonstrates God's ability to turn the ugliness of the crucifixion into the transforming power of the resurrection. What the disciples see in Jesus's resurrected body is God's ability to bring life out of death. Just when we think the story is over, just when we think all hope is lost, God has something to say. Jesus's whole life in ministry, his dying and his rising, We're all about what God has been doing from the very beginning, reconciling the world to God's self. All of the writing in the Old Testament, the law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, have been about God and God's purpose, purposes for creation. And nothing, not even death, will stop God from seeking to be in relationship with humanity and with creation. Jesus comes to move us past those things that hold us captive, those things that cause us to close in on ourselves. There goes part of my sermon. Good thing I'm already past that part. (laughs) We've been closed in on ourselves for quite a while now and closed in in our homes for quite a while now. Jesus invites us to glorify God in our work and in our lives, to bear witness to the power and presence of God in our world and in our communities. Jesus commissions us to bear witness to God's presence, even in the face of tragedy and despair, because Jesus seeks to bring peace, compassion, forgiveness and mercy into a broken and hurting world. Soli Dio Gloria, to God alone the glory, amen.